0: Thank you very much. Um, you know, as an auditor, um, I get to ask a lot of uncomfortable questions. And it probably took Renee a couple of years to figure that out, because I just asked the uncomfortable questions. He's like, what's wrong? So so I get the privilege of asking all the uncomfortable questions, um, even for the finances, so <laughs> so thank you for that privilege. Um, and thank you for the introduction, yeah, she's laughing quite nicely, it's true. <laughs> Um, So I want to introduce to you a a person, a man that was extremely successful, but he also knew sorrow, desperation, and loneliness. Um, He was actually questioned and said, who are you? Are you this prominent person? Like, Are you that successful business person? No, I'm not. Are you this person? No, I'm not. Well, who are you? And in the end, it was written that he was a voice in the wilderness to declare, prepare the way for Jesus. That, that was who he was. And, and so experiencing a, a powerful encounter with Jesus, yet um, when difficult times came, I mean, he was in prison too, um, he, he started saying, Jesus, who are you? Are you, are you really the one? that's coming to save us. Um, and then this is written, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now there's Jesus. So this is what Jesus said. This was Jesus' voice on him. He said, John, you are more than a prophet. Right? Right? Don't, don't listen to what everybody else is saying and questioning who are you. You are more than a prophet. So he doubted himself. He had some disbelief. And you know what? Because of that, I think his voice was silenced. His impact, his actions were quieted. Um, and the strange thing is it happened to his dad too. So, his dad had an amazing encounter. He saw Gabriel, like, like, like really, like, he's, he's like the main a- angel up there, you know, so, so and, and, and Gabriel came and said, I, I just, I'm bringing good news, like, I'm, I'm sure he smiled, but he's like, hey, Zach, you know, here's a message from God, and Zach went, whoa, how do I know this is true? Like, I'm not so sure. So, doubt crept in, and he was literally muted. He couldn't speak until John was born. And John's voice could go into the wilderness and speak out. So so today, a voice that speaks, right? So God has a voice. So God has blessed me with with many kids, but two of them in particular um really represents God's voice. I've learned so much about it by just seeing who they are. The one is a mighty thunder, like with Samuel, like there's the story of Samuel, where Samuel was kind of doing his sacrifice, worshipping, and the enemy came in like a storm, and then the Lord thundered with such a thunder that He put the enemy in confusion, like a great victory was won because of the mighty voice of God that thundered like that. But if the kid is like three and four years old, and they roar like a mighty roar, like a lion, you need to just direct that a little bit. But anyhow, so I've learned a lot about that. I've also learned from another kid, not the same one, um, God whispers in the silence. He comes very gently in silence, even loneliness, and He speaks truth. So I wanna read Psalm 29. It is an amazing piece of scripture. It just like, verse three onwards. The voice of the Lord echoes above the sea. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty seas. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord splits the mighty cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes the Lebanon mountains skip like a calf. He makes Mount Hermon leap like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with bolts of lightning. The voice of the Lord makes the barren wilderness quake. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. I I need to read that again. The voice of the Lord makes the barren wilderness quake. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists mighty oaks. It strips the forest bare. In his temple, everyone shouts glory. And then hear this promise coming out of the end of the, the psalm. The Lord rules over the flood waters. And, and I really want you to start filtering your life through this psalm as well. Your floodwaters, the Lord rules over that. The Lord reigns as king forever. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. All right. So, God has a voice. And when, when I um, read through the Bible, there's, there's often something happens when you hear the voice of the Lord, right? Um, so Peter, he was like on the mountain with some of the disciples and they saw um, Jesus in glorified and he's like, okay, I need to do something. Let's build a tent, an altar, a memorial. Let's just do something. Like, he, he was often zeal without knowledge, but that's okay. I think the knowledge piece came through later. But he was like, just so excited. I'm going to just run and do that thing, whether it's kind of the right thing or not, but I'm doing something. So, so hearing God's voice, it, 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 there's two pieces to that. And this makes, this is my whole sermon, right? So, if you remember two things, then this is it. Perfect. The one is the voice of the Lord comes in a statement of truth, a statement of faith, a vision, a position, Like it's a declaration, the voice of the Lord. Like it's just, there it is. Like no argument, no discussion, it's just truth. The other piece that comes through, if you read when it says the voice of the Lord, it comes through as an action. Where God instructs, He says like, go, do. Like it's like momentum. So two things, there's a vision, truth, position. And the other piece is, uh, an action, a go, a, a reaction required on our behalf. And you know what's amazing? I was just truly, this is like my, my kids, they've heard this like for weeks now. It was like, "Ping." Understanding has a voice. Go read Proverbs 8. It was so beautiful. Understanding has a voice. So as we take this truth and we get to understand it and make it our own, it becomes a voice. And you know what? If God has a voice, so do I. So do you. If God has a voice, you've got a voice. And now I need, uh, uh, see, uh, we had this fun battle this morning. If Rudy can come up and just, I need, I've got an object lesson. So this is the accountant, not the normal one, that, that married an artist. Um, and so we do things a little bit differently. So I need to keep the mic Steady. So, this is my object lesson. So, first of all, in the one hand, you've got truth. Like, there's water, this is good for you, there's a bottle. I understand it, I get it. I can even have knowledge about water, and this this is perfect. So, truth in itself is just truth, right? It doesn't change, it's still there. But how do you get it? You need action. So, the other hand, and I realize this is a left hand thing, so she's concentrating. So, the, you need the action hand, shows the action hand first. The action voice needs to step in and do something. All right? Once it's opened, now you've got access to it. All right. And now you can enjoy truth. But you need both. I may need this too. And it's good, we're in the same family, so no issues. Thank you, Rudy. So just remember, you need the action piece. So so now I'm going to just bounce a little bit between the faith, the the statement of truth, vision, and the other hand, we're going to go to action. So let's just dig in a little bit that your vision voice is affected by your voice of finance. Ah, they, they, the dots connected. <laughs> so that that position that you take in, um, what do you say with your financial voice? Right? We always tease. Um, if you go to Costco, you're like, Yeah, I think it's about eighty percent. Yeah. That's my Costco dress that we all have on. So what does fashion say? Like, where do you shop? Where do you buy? <laughs> like, I can see you shops at Costco for the reaction. That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, um, but what do you say with your finances? Now, I know it's very materialistic. It's very like, well, okay. But still, we make actually a statement with what we spend on. Are we kind of shabby? Are we kind of not really well kept? Do we always look tired? Like, I don't want to be like that. Um, so just what do we say? Something else, <laughs> your fridge speaks too. Um, so when the kids ask, what is for dinner? Renee's like, well, let's open it up and ask the food what they want to become. Uh, that's the artist, right? She just literally take and she can make an amazing thing from. So, so your fridge speaks, But, but, but honestly... <laughs> Your fridge actually does speak on about what you value and what you actually invest, like eat. So it does say something. So every now and then, when I get to somebody, I've I've, I've done this now. Now you're all going to do it. It's like when they they take out the milk for your tea. I'm like, what's in that fridge, right? Um, but but I kind of tease with that. But it is. We feel, and this is just, I have the privilege of dealing with many people, but not all. So I often see people like an empty fridge or a little bit molded tomato down at the bottom drawer. Um, They're a little bit shy or a little bit hesitant to share their fridge content. In other words, their finances. Um, That represents so much of the turmoil and the storms in their life that they would rather just keep the doors closed and not share any of that. Just keep it in there. But you know what Jesus' voice was over the storms? When it was spoken, suddenly there was a great calm. That's accessible to us. So me, as the good accountant budgeting the whole thing, utility bowls. I'm sure we all went through that discussion in January, and maybe still we do. Some of us may just have accepted it. But utility bills, the rate went up. I, like, I got, got my kids to actually investigate and track over the last 12 or 24 months, the rate changes. Just so I sort of have some information to say about But, But, like, the first reaction for me was, okay, stop spending. Okay, family, this is depression. Like, like just don't spend anything. Lights goes off, you can sit in the dark. Like, like, it was like, like, literally, my first reaction was safe, prudent, I'm not going to do anything else here. I'm not going to be conquered by it. You know what? And maybe it's growing up in Africa that did it, but it's a poverty mentality. Like, I was just so limited with my expense went up, so now I'm going to just tighten the belt. I mean, like, we cannot tighten any further. Like, I've become an eight. All right. <laughs> So my question was, where is my freedom in this? If a silly thing like a utility bill can get me so fired up, where is my freedom? I felt so muted, silenced. Um, John was in jail, muted as well, like powerful in the Jordan. Now he's just like quietly in a dark jail, prison. His voice of truth was quieted. Then his action voice became less. It sounded a lot about jobs nowadays. Sorry for pokings, the auditor's privilege. Sounds a lot of like jobs and work environments to me. Um, Many conversations that I've had in this family or outside. So how do I break out of my muzzled position that I face? Um, Two things that I can, just two little things that you can take home. Debt. What do I do with debt? Now, again, that's a whole course on its own. But debt can silence you. It can mute you. Um, so how, what do you do about it? Like, like, first of all, we're just numbed by it. No, no, you can actually take small steps to actually address it. And then, do you get good debt? <laughs> Do you get leveraged debt? Is that a good thing? You know, no answers, just questions. (laughs) Talk to me afterwards if you want to to find out more. But debt is one thing that truly mutes us. I've had the privilege of being indebted, like, like completely. I went and got debt. Like, this is like first time working. I got debt because I wanted to buy a fancy car radio. It was probably worth more than the car. Like I just put it in the car and I listened to the radio. I was like, that wasn't very smart. <laughs> Thankfully, I haven't repeated that one. But, you know, so debt can truly silence you. So I, I've been completely mortgaged, uh, indebted in many ways, had my credit card, vehicle debt, house debt, the whole thing. God wanted to action me, and He wiped out that. I, I'm giving Him the glory. He cleared all my debt. I was completely debt-free, like not a cent in debt. And when that happened in my life, God actioned, like mightily. He paved the way, and before we knew it, we were in Canada. I mean, he, he did call us here too. Um, but, but he made it possible, right? So I've know, I know what it is to be fully debted and fully undebted. Um I just want to be debted to Jesus. Here is another... The second one, this is the hard one, Proverbs 5, let me read it and then I'll comment, drink water from your own well, share your love only with your wife, why spill your water in the streets, why spill your springs in the streets? And it's God's word, having sex with just anyone. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. And if you read a few verses back in Proverbs 5, strangers will consume your wealth and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. They go together. And I can say this with an example, sadly. Friends of ours have been in that position. The wells were really muddied. And financially, they were devastated. These things consume like debt. Purify, purify. Okay. So, as I talk to people often I get to um, a point where I really experience anxiety, depression, with low or low motivation coming through. Sure, it's, a, it's maybe an a end result of the last two years now, but it's, it's definitely people are coming with very low motivation. The action hand is kind of numb, you're on the side. So why, what is happening? And I'm reminded that at three o'clock in the afternoon, when Jesus' voice, his breath went out, he said, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani, which is translated in, my God, my God, why have you abandoned or forsaken me? Jesus carried that abandonment. He carried the loneliness. He carried the despair for you. He carried this, this muzzled, muted, Thing that I just spoke about. He carried that. He was abandoned so that you do not have to be. Right? You are no longer muted. Hear it. You are not muted. Right? the other beautiful piece is God hears you. Isn't that amazing? Like we feel so bubble wrapped or plastic container, whatever. We put in that box. But God hears you. You don't have to shout. He hears you. He hears you. Let me read the truth. I love the Lord because He hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Hold on to that. You're not muted. God hears my voice. All right. I have to share something about Moses. All right. It's coming. Um, Yeah, look at Moses. (laughs) Again, accountant meets artist. That's kind of what happens. Um, So what was Moses' first public voice that came out? Let my people go. He had to repeat this to Pharaoh. Let my people go. And what did Pharaoh say? Because they wanted to go and worship God. For three days, let us go and worship our God. He's like, no, you are my employees. You will be here and work. And he said, no, let my people go. So first of all, Pharaoh said, yes, you can go and worship, but in this land, like in in Egypt, you can go and worship me. So in the place of slavery or employment, um, he said, no, you can do it right here. And what did Moses say? No, let my people go. And eventually, with a few plagues added on, there was breakthrough, was one for the inheritance of the people. And then then Pharaoh said, okay, fine. Let the men go. Fine, guys, you can go and worship your God. And what did Moses say? No, let my people go. Add a few plagues. And then breakthrough was found for the kids and generational blessings, right? And then Pharaoh's like, okay, fine. All of you can go, but leave all your food and income-producing assets, animals and stuff. Leave everything you have here, and then you can go for your three days and come back. What was Moses saying? No, let my people go. Like <laughs> It's not, not difficult, no. Um, And then with a few plagues added, breakthrough was delivered on the impact and our voice, right? And when the death of the firstborn son, finally there was freedom. Remember what I just read? With the death of Jesus on the cross, finally there was freedom. Freedom. And so Egypt, (laughs) they found favor in that slavery. Egypt actually came and was stripped of its wealth, it says. Like, just take it. Here's my earring. Here's my whatever. Just take it. Take gold, silver, just take. Please go. They're like, just, yes, my people are going to worship God. Yes, freedom. Freedom was found. So that's our voice. Like our faith, truth, voice. voice. Okay, this the one that says, I know what this is. This is my position. I know it. Then the last piece of my sermon is our action voice. The other hand. Okay? So our action voice is affected by good things. What do I mean? Let me explain. Um, God has so much for you. Like get out of your... Peter, get out of your energy bulls, utility bowls. God has so much for you. A voice can only get expressed through good deeds. You show you show me your faith and I'll show you my actions, right? I have to read these guys too. They, they're just beautiful. James. Love tags. Makes me look as if I'm really fast in the Bible. Um, Okay, let's just see where I want to start. Yeah, it's a long conversation. You should read the whole piece. Um, You say goodbye and, and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give the person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds it is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. I say, "You, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Quite a statement. Okay, there's another one. Ephesians. Ah, this is so beautiful. For we are God's masterpiece. Another translation, we are God's poetry. Poetry. Like when have you thought of your finances poetry? For we are God's masterpiece. He has created anew in Christ Jesus. So... That we can do the good things He has planned for us long ago. Like God has had you on His mind, He's listening to you, He has prepared good things in advance for you to do. Like, not just run around doing stuff and be tired again, but God has the God things for you to do. Not just things to do, but the God things. So you need to know the truth, you need to have the vision, you need to hear God's voice so that you can be a voice in what He has for you to do. But He's done this long ago, He's prepared that already. So in South Africa, we were in a church with a lot of prophets. (laughs) By the way, it's really not fun to give a prophet a birthday gift. Like I've experienced that, literally. Here's your gift, I'm so excited. And they're like, oh, it's this. I'm like... How do you know? Oh, I just guessed. You know, <laughs> so, it's like, so we, we started off with which color? Tell me. You know, so in South Africa, there was this one guy, very prophetic. And um, so God said, his voice came to us go to Canada. Long story. Um, go to Canada. And we've only shared and asked for the advice of the elders, right? So only us and the elders knew. Our family hasn't even got word of it. And so Greg comes to me and he says, Where are you going? And I, with my good accounting face, said, What do you mean? I have no idea what you're talking about. And he's like, God is saying, Change your accent. I'm like, ah, oh, interesting. So prophetically, God is like saying, Not just your voice, but here goes your accent. Change your accent. I'm like, oh, okay. And then we shared with Greg. I couldn't leave him hanging. And, and, and so ever since, there's kind of maybe not as much nowadays, but like half and half. love <laughs> like the grass, Grass. I don't know. I'm so confused. It's Whatever comes out, comes out. But, but I'm changing my accent, and, and I'm trying, especially if I talk about the payroll account and you're the payroll. Um, it's not good when you're the auditor and the, the poor client goes in a frantic spin. Anyhow. So, are you hesitant for a big voice, for a change in accent, maybe a new language here? Um, That's good. (laughs) You should be. You should be nervous. But start with something small, something attainable, something that's real. Um, Maybe it's a prayer. Maybe it's just to invite somebody for supper. Maybe it's just to greet somebody in the street. Do a do a neighbor day barbecue this year. Just do something small. All right. Change your accent. Like we heard last week, change your cliches. Same thing. Finance is such a hard thing. And with such institutionalized thinking of finance, that's the breakthrough that's going to change. All right. So here's the other thing about the good deeds. If you read a bit further, it talks about our good deeds are like fine clothes that we wear. And one day, you know, wedding banquet feast in heaven, we're going to have righteous. the righteous acts of God's kids, of his children, are going to be the wedding clothes. I don't know about you, but I don't quite see somebody in their swimsuit at the wedding, um, yet alone naked. So I guess I better dress myself before I get to the wedding, right? Um, Just a by the way thought. Dress yourself. Look good. Uh, okay, so faith in your finance. Man, that is a difficult piece. When last did you hear the word intimacy with your finances? God longs and yearns to have intimacy with you also in your finances. Um, we need the redemptive purposed finance that impacts. That's what we need. So, another big word. Budget. What reaction did that cause you? Don't answer aloud. It's like, I, I, I can tell you what, what it causes for Renee, but I'll let her do that maybe one day. What does that stir up in you? What did that close? Like, what cringe did it bring? So, when last did you have an exhilarating, fun, faith, hopeful budget discussion? Those words can go together, honestly. They can. Adventure and purpose and life, God has so much more prepared in advance for you to do. It's so much more than taking your income source and distributing it against this very loud list of expenses. You will be stuck forever. Like when last did you say, God, what is your vision for me? I want to go and visit these people and put that in your budget. Lord, I want to connect with people. Well, then I need more food in my budget. Like when did you take your heart, your vision And then start putting faith in that and faith back in your budget and not just balance the books and have maybe a bit of savings in the end. I can tell you probably all of us are not ready for retirement. And if you're in retirement, you think, I don't know if I'm ready. So so finance is is hitting everybody hard. There's no like I'm the only one that's just not making it. All right, so when last did you put faith and intimacy back in your budget? It's there. So I want to read to you um, what things that God has spoken to me the last little bit. I hear a loud voice from God that says, trust me, trust me. Doubt will let you lose your impact. Trust me, trust me. I forgive you. God is saying, I forgive you in your finances. Believe afresh. Revive that budget. I give you a new, a new voice, a unique accent. Now, from last week's cliches, 24-7, right? We all know 24-7. So, you, you're going to remember this because it's the accountant telling you a numbers 24-7 reference. So, if you go to numbers, the book in the Bible, numbers, 24-7 What is it saying in the, you know, I'm going to read it to you. Numbers 24-7. 24-7, you can say, God, this is who you are. Water will flow from their buckets, resources. Their offspring will have all they need. So if you're stuck in your budget of balancing just loud expenses, go back. 24-7, 24-7, that is God's word for me. My offspring will have all they need. I'm not going to doubt. I'm not going to fear what they fear. I am going to believe and trust you, God. And start small if, if, if it's overwhelming. Start small. Right. Active waiting. Go and do something. We have so much musical arrangements. And the, and the worship guys can come up. We have so much musical arrangements in our life. Like so much noise. We need to go back to a cappella, a single voice that sings and speaks intimate poetry, masterpieces, love pieces over us again. We need to feel that again and not be driven by a bank statement. All right. And then take your action hand and do something. I can also tell you and encourage you, breakthrough will come in trusted relationships. You're gonna try it on your own and you're gonna get back where you were and you're gonna be more disappointed. Find a trusted person. Sure, start with your spouse but go outside your house. If you need to, share your credit card, your Amazon, your Netflix account, share that with someone. Let somebody else look into it and give you trusted advice. And then finally, for me, what is, what is truly giving you a voice is God's voice resounding through you, which means dwell in the Word of God. I absolutely loved it when Pastor Lawrence said after the fire, I missed my friend. There's no other way that you can break through if you don't do it with your friend. You will get back to the same jail, the same chains, the same strongholds. You are a masterpiece made for His glory, for His voice to resound freedom. Let my people go. Now you just need to go. The freedom is there. Let my people go. my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that you today will never be lost, forgotten or forsaken. Please hear that. And you will have freedom and good things to do do, and good things to wear in heaven. Embrace, Embrace God's love. It is abundant, it is afresh. it's new. Let me close. Jesus, there is no other name by which we can be saved. No other. We declare it, we believe it, and I stand on your name for my freedom, my impact, voice let my people go Amen Thanks for listening To hear more messages like this one make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.